lots and lots of spoilers. Early in the 21st century, Denis Villeneuve made a sequel to a 1982 film, Blade Runner, a film not nearly identical to the original. The question remains, would this movie be superior in strength, agility, and be at least equal in intelligence to that film or those that created it? Before we get our boarding pass to those off-world colonies, I'd like to remind you that we are Max Mike Movies! We explore the hazardous alien planets and, well, movies, so you don't have to. You won't find any bloody mutinies from these agents. Right over there is Max's Six, the Kick Squad Master, Max Levine. They say you Blade Runner, Mr. Deckard. Well played. <laughs> nice read. <laughs> and I am your basic displeasure model, Mike Luce. Together, we look at movies and tell you what to think. Sort of thing. Right. This week, it's another entry in our series, Leave Them Wanting More, an in-depth laugh-a-thon regarding Blade Runner 2049. There will be lots of blades and lots of running, and we will finally separate the replicans from the replicants. So strap down and hunker up, Buttercup. We got lots to do. Uh, Mike, I would just like to point out, by the way, that uh, I've seen things you can't imagine. Um, attack shifts off the arm of Orion, sea uh, beams glittering by the Tannhauser Gate. Uh, just wanted to point that out. Hey, that's great. Blam. Okay. <laughs> Ow! <laughs> So yeah, Blade Runner 2049. The show. Trivia! Trivia. Lots of trivia. Because that's a thing. Budget. $185 million. Fail. <laughs> take, take, take a guess. I like everyone, to make a guess. Everyone would have gone to see it the first weekend, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, 250 million. Oh, you're only off by 10. 260 million. Okay, not technically a success, then. Uh, I would say technically a failure. Yes, that's the word, failure. Failure, failure, he's a failure. (laughs) All right, uh, the opening scene of K, which is the main character played by Ryan Gosling. I will try not to screw up with Ryan Reynolds, although they are, in fact, the same person. Uh, The opening scene of K meeting with Sapper Morton, played by uh, 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 Dave Bautista. Drax the Destroyer in the house! (laughs) Yeah, not so much in this movie. Uh, That scene was actually an unused scene from the original Blade Runner script meant to introduce the character of Deckard. Oh, you mean not other than the fact that he likes to eat noodles? Yes. Oh, okay. Oh, noodles, don't noodles. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that movie would have changed if Master Oogway showed up right at that point. Noodles, don't noodles. Uh, There will be no director's cut. Oh, they won't stretch it out past two hours, 44 minutes? Interesting you should say that. Villeneuve has said that this is the only version. There was Uh a four-hour cut that was split into two separate films for, quote, easy viewing. Oh, Lord, Harry Potter syndrome. But he willingly cut it down to two hours and 45 minutes. Uh. Interestingly, uh, Ridley Scott came in and said, yeah, it's still too long (laughs) by about a half an hour. So, uh, there is barely evidence of a broken off horn on the head of the wooden horse that uh, the main character K finds. There is. Had it been there, it actually might have made things a little bit more interesting. Yeah, there's all the whole unicorn symbolism from the first movie. Right. 
Ridley Scott was originally going to direct, but stepped out possibly because of his upcoming work on Alien Covenant. <clears throat> uh, there was time well spent. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Filmed in many locations, none of them Los Angeles. <laughs> the flyover of the solar stations was actually in Seville, Spain. I thought that wow. was fake. That's yeah. real. Yeah. It's like, okay, so the future exists today. Uh, the hazy cityscape is Mexico City, and most of the street-level places were filmed in Budapest, where most of the film was actually shot. Oh. Whenever an electronic device from Wallace Corp starts up, it plays the first few notes yeah. of Peter and the Wolf for reasons that remain mysterious. Yeah, I was wondering about that. I thought that was going to come back. Well, see, okay, so that's the theme for Peter, right? Yeah, that, yeah. Peter and the Wolf is all about themes. And so Peter would be K, and the Wolf... Does not appear in this film. Uh, and what about, so Bob, no what about Bob the janitor? <laughs> also does not appear in this film. Neither does Beauregard. Um, right. There is supposedly a connection between Blade Runner movies and the 1998 Kurt Russell film Soldier. It was co-written by the same co-writer of the original Blade Runner movie, and he has stated that they, quote, take place in the same universe, end quote. The artificial soldier in that movie speaks of battles much like the ones that Roy Batty and Max uh, tells us of, uh, and the flying garbage scows in this movie are meant to be striking resemblance to the ones in Soldier, so there. Okay, um, then that adds, yeah, nothing for me, sorry. Did you see Soldier? I you know, I think I did, but I have absolutely <laughs> no memory of it. I do. Uh, it was actually a film there. This was a manufactured human or what we were actually never really yeah. sure. Apparently it's supposed to be a replicant. Yeah. And when he was no longer functional, in this case, a lot of his, his problems were mental. Uh, they literally put him on a flying spaceship garbage cow and sent him to this planet where it turns out people were actually living. <laughs> And he gets dumped into a, a giant pile. Somebody finds him and tries to... Oh, this is starting to sound familiar. Yeah. It, it has. I think it's meant to be a lot of uh, metaphor about PTSD and oh, stuff okay. like that. Huh. Um, and I remember liking it, but not enough to watch it again. So. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Gaff, one of three characters from the original movie, is questioned briefly by Kay. At the end of this, he places an origami sheep on the table. In uh, yeah. Hebrew, I did not know this, in Hebrew, Rachel is the word for you or female sheep. Did you know that? Yes. Yes, <laughs> I did. Uh, no, I, 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 I did not know <laughs> did not know that. Uh, okay, so, I, 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 but also the sheep, because the... Uh, this is ba Android's, Android's dream. dream of electric sheep. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. I think, I think it made more sense for it to be Rachel. And of course, unless you knew that, and I had to look it up because I read that in the trivia, and I'm like, I don't trust you. And I looked it up, it's like, oh, it's true. So there you Yeah, go. because apparently everybody in the 21st century Los Angeles speaks Hebrew. Well, now to be fair, if anybody was going to know a word like that, it was going to be Gaff because he had street speak. He was the thing. He His language was... was Except for the the part in this film, his language is mostly this mishmash of anything, and of course Hebrew is one of the most popular languages in you know uh, early twenty first century Los Angeles. Sure, <laughs> sure. You know why? why? Space lasers. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Don't mess with and, us, man. We got space lasers. And. Not much more that was really all that interesting. Jared Leto this, uh, Ryan Gosling that, yada, 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 yada. <laughs> uh, do, uh, do you have any trivia, or do you know any? Well, I thought one of, the, one of the big things was the fact that Sean Young, sh well, she doesn't really show up exactly. 
but or at all. No, but she. Uh, they kept her the fact that they were going to bring Rachel back. Oops, spoiler! A huge <laughs> secret, even to the point where she was going around telling people to boycott the film because she hadn't been asked to be in it. Well, and the fun part about that is uh, Sean Young going around telling people to boycott things is at this point in her career, sadly, another, oh, that's she's, she just says things, yeah, just ignore yeah. her. Um, because, of course, the whole cat suit and <laughs> Tim, I'd be, Tim, I'd be perfect for this part! Tim, Tim, meow, meow! But that's a, uh, that's a deeper... All right. Um, no, that, that's so everything I, I got. I'll get to the plot. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Good luck. Yeah. Um, Deep breath. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> kegel, kegel one, kegel two. <laughs> I don't know. You, you, you know that won't work for you. Uh, I don't think you, you have those. You, don't, you have, don't know. I don't think you have those. <laughs> I hope not. Uh, it's 2049. We know because it says so right in the title of the film. The world is generally a wasteland, with all the best, richest, whitest people having left for the off-world colonies, TM, in the last movie. There's been a blackout, a wiping of nearly all electronically stored data, and a general dampening that's happening to all of the sprawling Los Angeles. K, a replicant, meaning a manufactured human, is on the lookout for rogue replicants which are not supposed to be wandering about on Earth. He finds one, Sapper Morgan, off by himself, farming Mapone worms, harming no one. It being his job and being unable to disobey, he retires Morgan, but finds some weird leftovers in his possession. You mean the, the grubs? The, uh, no, oh. this would be different. Okay, different, uh, sorry. Evidence. <clears throat> You're ruining the plot. <laughs> I uh, think someone else already did that, but okay. Oh, we're getting ahead. Yep, yep. When brought to the attention of his superior, Lieutenant Joshi, it's thought that this might be evidence that somehow, against all odds, it proves that two replicants have actually managed to procreate, which is a big thing, apparently. Kay is charged with tracking down and destroying all evidence of, this, of the existence of this miracle child before it ignites a war between, quote, real humans and replicants. I guess these would be the replicants. <laughs> <laughs> on his quest, Kay realizes that one of his implanted memories has a bearing on this case, and it's through that he is able to come closer and closer and closer to one of the Miracle Child's progenitors. But Wallace, the current maker of the utterly obedient replicants, is on his tail, sending his right-hand killbot, Love, so that he can get his hands on this, quote, miracle child first, as finding out how to make replicants self-replicantable <laughs> will save him billions in the make-fake-people-for-space-colonization trade. Who will get there first? Is this all a hoax? And what will Kay conclude about himself along the way? Is the dog real? We don't know. Why don't you ask it? The end. The low down. Yeah, I think that sums it up as best as anyone can. Sure. Of course, you left out the love story where Kay is apparently in love with Siri. Well, or possibly Alexa, I'm not sure. I mean, to be fair, it has no real bearing on the main plot, so no. I didn't yeah, I had to leave things no. out naked ladies. Uh, By the way, but... does anyone ever say Lieutenant uh, Lieutenant Joshi's name? She's no. always Madam. <laughs> I had to look it up. And I remember all I kept thinking of is, oh, madam, where's Wayland Flowers? Yeah. And yeah. It was Obscure course... reference, ask your parents. <laughs> Talk to the hand. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, literally. Uh, so, yeah, I had to look it up. Uh, Robin Wright 
uh, is sadly highly underused in this film. She's oh, yeah. a really good actor. She's terrific. Um, she was in the sadly ill-fated House of Cards, the American version of the British show, you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and she was great in that. Well, um, she was best known probably. She was Buttercup in The Princess Bride. That's not how I best know her. But, okay. Um, she's she's in here for 10 minutes, and she's great in all 10 minutes, but they don't use her much. Um, she plays Joshi because she looks Japanese, yeah. I guess. Uh, whatever. I would like to point out, in our series so far, this is the first sequel that is made by a different director than the original film. Uh, uh, this was Denis Villeneuve. Villeneuve. Uh, I have to, wait a sec. French, is it? Villeneuve. There, yeah. I got it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and he's done a couple of other films you may or may not have heard, heard of. Uh, Maelstrom, which I, I had a vague... Like, I think I've heard of it once. Nope. Uh, but probably his best-known film to us is The Arrival, which I rewatched recently, oh, which is yeah. a terrific film. Uh, Amy Adams does a great job in her role. Uh, it's nice to see Jeremy Renner do something other than shoot things. Um, <laughs> it's about uh, aliens, the first contact with aliens, and the idea of language, learning a new language, actually being a way to change your way of thinking. It's a really terrific film, and I highly recommend it if you haven't seen it. He's also, for reasons nobody understands... Completing a new adaptation of Dune. <laughs> because <laughs> we need another one of those. Sadly, well, apparently Sting in his underwear are not in this film. <laughs> yeah, isn't this one starring, uh, what is it, Timothy Chocolate Shake or whatever his name is? <laughs> sure. As Paul Atreides, all I see is the Atreides I want to kill. <laughs> I will kill him! <laughs> right, but but first, Blade Runner 2049. Right, right. Um, yeah, so I do have to give them credit. For even thinking of doing a sequel, because the first film did so badly, it was um, and not we'll a success, that. not at all. When it came out, no, it's become a gigantic success. Yeah, I, I can't remember. I know we looked at this when we did our. I think it was our favorite things. Uh, yeah, when we talked about Blade Runner. Uh, hey, go back and and listen to that episode, folks. Um, it, it's a film that it took decades to make its money back, but it did. It eventually did, and they said, "Hey, let's." <laughs> Well, let's make a flop again and wait thirty years for it to make a profit. Um, which well, you can understand there would be there was a huge fan base to exploit. I mean, yeah. this this movie. I mean, the original Blade Runner is one of the the icons of science fiction. Mm -hmm. It changed so much. It's it's had an enormous effect. You know, you can it, it was inevitable that someone was going to go. Hey, I bet we can make more money off of this. Yeah. For, and to be fair, you know, obviously Max and I are, are, are aiming towards the maybe we didn't like it side of things. So we keep our secrets so well. But um, I will say there's some things that work very well in this film. It is very beautiful to look at. It was actually, for the parts that actually are real, it was nominated for uh, an Academy Award for Cinematography. It is very impressive to look, to look at. And I have to give them credit. They don't just try to clone the old look. Not well, exactly. There's elements of the original in it, but there's also a lot of difference. For example, there's daylight. And <laughs> you didn't get I, that much in the first one. Well, it's orange. Yeah, it's orange and it's hazy and all that. And there's snow instead of rain, so that's yeah. different. Well, you get rain too, but yeah. uh, apparently LA is uh, is snowy now, uh, which I, I guess climactically would yeah, make sense. Yeah, it could happen. Uh, they never tell, there's a lot of things we don't know. Like, we don't know what caused the blackout. Was it a no. nuclear incident? Was it just something that <sighs> happened? I, or was it just a, somebody wrote that into the script? You know, and now a blackout happens. 
So this is one of those things that pisses Max off a lot, but there were apparently three short films made, two of which were made by Ridley Scott's son, that came between the original Blade Runner and this, not only within the story, but uh, chronologically. Like, they were made before this was made. That's not and an excuse! About, I know. And they talk about that. And apparently it was there was a terrorist organization that set off a nuclear bomb and blah, 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 blah. It's uh, the it, same with the Animatrix. You know, you shouldn't have to watch something else. As, you shouldn't have to do homework, for God's sake, to see a movie. Well, I mean, think of it this way, too. The blackout, which d- destroyed data... The fact that it happened has a bearing on the plot. Why it happened doesn't really matter. It, true, it's, true. It it's, just, it's, it's just irritating. It basically, it, it's, it is a roadblock so that Kay has a lot more trouble finding out what happened in the past. And this is more important with the replicants than it does is with anything else because he's trying to find out. So, again, they find evidence that somehow two replicants, which are apparently not supposed to be able to procreate, have in fact procreated and there's a baby... Son of or daughter of replicated humans. I don't even know what the term would be. Wandering around out there, which could give the army of replicants, which have been made to be uh, subservient to humans, hope that they might actually control their own future and their own destiny. Et which, by the way, goes nowhere. Well, out of I don't know. out of nowhere in the third act. Uh, Kay is taken in, and yeah, we're jumping around a bit chronologically, but who cares in this movie? Uh, He's taken in by this group of replicants who are explaining that uh, they are forming an army and they want to shake off their shackles, and for some reason this child is really important. And that's it. We have one scene. One scene about this possibly cataclysmic social event and it goes nowhere. Well, I think you, if you think a little bit further, you'll know why it's there. So we can have a sequel. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, that is a pretty pe- painful sequel bag. I mean, there's the other part in that there's no comeuppance for the so-called bad guy, but we'll get to him. Well, well, let's you... get to him. Let's get yeah. to Jared okay. Leto, because uh... this is the film. I didn't really know who he was before this film, and this was the film that made me hate him. <laughs> Uh, like who is this guy he is daniel day lewising all over the place it's he is uh, all i could think is as soon as he starts talking i'm going wow he so wants to be the roy batty of this movie he wants to have that i've seen things you can't imagine speech and by god he's going to take this rather lame dialogue and he's going to chew the hell out of it and it's (laughs) not going to work yeah my big note was look out Jared Leto is acting, and he pauses more than Shatner. There are, it's not just him, you gotta admit, there are a, a, a crap ton of pauses in this movie. There yeah. are long stretches, oh, I'm sitting there having Twilight flashbacks. <laughs> Line? <laughs> yeah. There's a lot uh, of people just staring at each other silently and then finally saying something. I'm sorry, there are movies where that works, the French do that really well. This ain't one of them. Well, that's because these guys don't know how to stare in French. (laughs) Um, I also say that Ryan Gosling, I I feel badly because I don't think he's a bad actor. He has this little smirk that he can't really fully get rid of. So even after like a bad fight, 
and he's like, you know, bleeding and stuff. There's this little tiny kind of smirk, and I just want to wipe it off his face. He's also working uphill in that his character is supposed to be very emotionless and very, well, dull. <laughs> and Harrison Fordian, you might yes, say. Yes, Fordian in his. And he actually. But Ford in the original movie, you get the feeling it's not that he's dull, he's been dulled. He's just been. <laughs> The whole thing with the Blade Runner, has, he's like he's lost the edge. He's just worn down. Well, by his job or by Ridley Scott. Yes. <laughs> well, again, I think we mentioned this in that show, but I came across some audio outtakes of him doing the voiceover. And while he's doing it, he's re, he would read a line. He'd be like, really? That's what this... <laughs> I can't do this. This is terrible. So, yeah. And you, what, the you, thing you, is, is that... You realize you this is that, tripe, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Harrison Ford starts mumbling about frozen peas and you know, starts throwing in wine. In July, around. yeah, <laughs> you can't you you can't emphasize in 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 July, um, but it's when you take that out, you don't mind his acting so much. No, because especially because between those two versions, we find out oh, actually, it's Deckard is supposed to be a replicant, um, and in this film, it's pretty obvious that yeah, he's there, he's a replicant. Uh, um, is it obvious? Yeah, How? because the whole because the whole point is that two replicants have had a child, oh, and they right. say that. So it's like, yep, they're yeah. they're they're answering that question. Yeah. Um, and and I don't actually mind Ford in this. Ford feels like a cranky old Western hero or something, and that's what he's playing, and he's fine. Was he paid um, by the word? Because <laughs> my God, he has om- he has like what six lines, and it feels like they're dragging them out of him. And yes, he's doing. I think he does a better job here than he did as Han Solo in the Star Wars movies, the the, yeah. the sequels. Yeah. Because there in the you just get the feeling I I, I really don't want to be doing this. Yeah. And in this, it kind of works. I don't think he wants to be doing it, but it works for the character. It's like I don't want to be a part of this anymore. Leave me the hell alone. Yeah. Well, Harrison Ford has said on numerous occasions is like, "Hey, I'm not out here to make art. They're going to pay me a buttload of money. I'm going to do it." <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So like 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 uh, the, the in production for reasons unknown, Indy Jones five. Oh. I remember when somebody first asked, "Hey, if they would do another Indy Jones film, would you do it?" Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> like, they're gonna they're gonna pay me as much. I'll yeah, okay. Yeah. I I have to respect uh, an actor who says, "Yeah, I'm doing this for the money," uh, because they pay me a lot of it. It was uh, God, Lawrence Olivier could get away with that. He was the one who said, "I think all movies are crap," and uh, Michael Caine, of course. You. Well, Michael Caine, yeah, but Michael Caine doesn't seem to hate what he does. Olivier, no, he's, he's Olivier, a great time. oh yeah, Olivier had a nothing but contempt for movies. He thought they were, he didn't think they were art. He didn't think they were theater. But he said they pay for my house, they put my children through school, and they let me do what I love, which is stage work. So yeah, I'll do. That's why he said yes to so many bad movies. Yeah, I and mean, boy, did he. But anyway, Clash of the Titans. <laughs> Clash of, yeah, boys from Brazil. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, so I, uh, I have a couple of questions here, Max. I have some, some of our yeah. talking point questions, but I have other questions too. Sure. So, uh, what do you think is the theme of this movie? What is its, what question does it pose if it's posing one? I mean, what is it trying to? Yeah. Okay. Well, I think it's trying to pose like, what is the nature of memory? How does memory shape us? Does it matter if a memory is ours or someone else's? I, I think it's also the net, what is... What does it mean to be human? Right. I think there's a lot of that in there. Yeah. I don't. Th- I think they did a better job with it in the first movie because in this, 
they sort of like bring up a lot of stuff and then they just leave it hanging there. Yeah. But I think is... that's what I think that that's what I got from it. Yeah, I think that that's what it's trying to do. Um, and this is actually a theme. I didn't realize how prevalent this theme is in science fiction, but there are tons of examples. There's a bunch of them in Star Trek, and sadly, Star Trek, mostly what it'll do is it'll introduce the idea and then go, but over here is a planet, and yeah. then they just never come back to it. Um, even up through the current show, Discovery, there's stuff about that, and they're like, mm, are you going to deal with this or not? Star Wars... Guys, you have got to deal with the droids. I'm just saying, you have got to deal with the droids. Yeah. yeah. What are they? We are don't they know. Sen- are they sentient? I mean, are they slaves? What are they? Mm, you got to fix that. Um, and this is a very important point of this film, not only because, you know, the idea, what does it mean to be human, is an interesting argument, um, but these are manufactured, so they're, but they're not metal. They're not plastic. They're actually biological. So... If you put one on, you know, an x-ray table, you would not immediately be able to tell the difference. Yeah, they can't tell the remains. They find the remains of a replicant, and they only can tell it's a replicant because there's a serial number in one of the convolutions in the brain. Right. Uh, well, in its skull, yeah. And they did that in the first film, you know, with a snake scale. They, they, but they knew to look for it. In yeah. this case, they didn't. It's like, oh, what's with this body? They didn't even think that it could be a replicant. Um, and I, I have to wonder... What is this movie trying to say that the original didn't? I I thought it was just sort of extending the same questions. Because it's the same thing there, the idea of memory, in the first movie, memory and what makes a human. So, uh, one of the points Max is talking about is memories. So, to help keep the replicants stable, they have memories implanted to make them think that they've been alive for a lot longer than they have. In the original film, you got to be four years old, I, but not you didn't start off at zero. You started off at 30 or whatever, and you would live for four years, and then your body would break down. And this was to keep them from rising up and you know going up against their slave masters. Well, um, apparently, though, in this, there was a series, the Nexus 8, that had open-ended, that didn't have a termination date. Right. And Why? I had a note about that. So, uh we don't. Why did they do that? Yeah. Obviously, the replica, the the Nexus sixes were such a success. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had to ask too. It was like, why are replicants retired? Because you know the the, the one Nexus eight we actually get to know for a moment, which is Sapper Morgan. Um, we see none of them committing any kind of crime until they're threatened. It's yeah. like the guy's out there farming worms to make protein. He's actually providing a useful service. He's making food for people. Yeah. And. If you left alone until he died, the guy would be out there making my pony worms, which is what they looked like. I don't know if they uh. were or not, but um, and according to the first movie, there was this bloody mut- mutiny by a Nexus Six combat team off-world that's in the opening scroll. Um, after that, they were then illegal on Earth. Well, okay, it's like okay, if all your robots at a certain point or your manufactured humans are potentially going to attack people, eh, maybe we shouldn't have them around the kids. Um, but apparently not long after the first movie, they were declared illegal altogether. So no replicants of any kind anywhere. They made it to the Nexus 8 stage, which we don't know the difference between a 6 and an 8 besides that they skipped over 7. I don't know. Yeah. But those are the ones that Kay is hunting down. So apparently they were Nexus 8s and they were all over the place and then suddenly they're like, no. And then they all escaped and came back to Earth. Why they're near any populated area i don't know because there's huge swaths of land with nobody in it that the nexus eights could go live in and no one would care but yeah as they point out uh, in the first movie earth is kind of underpopulated now because everyone's gone to the off-world colonies right 
for everyone um, who could afford to go or was genetically qualified to go. You mean white enough? Ooh, yeah, pretty say? much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because there's lots and lots of non-white characters in this. Oh, there isn't, but yeah. Well, not so many, but uh, in the background, yeah, it, if you squint real hard. <laughs> well, um, there's some. I mean, Mr. Cotton, the child slaver, is black. Oh, Mr. Fagan, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I was. Yeah, uh, that was what, what we'll I get, thought. We'll, we'll get back to him in a second, but um, apparently, what happens is this guy Wallace uh, takes over. He buys what's left of. Um, the original makers of the uh, replicants and makes his new, they have to obey us models, which are, I don't know, the Nexus nines. I don't know. And he proves by ordering one to kill itself in front of some committee that, uh, and it does that they are utterly subservient and they have to obey, obey their human masters and, Till they don't. Yeah, except it turns out that's not entirely true. Yeah. Oops! Uh, or, or you might say at all true because we see the two major I, I'm going to call them Nexus 9s because I don't know what the hell, the Obey models, yeah, whatever. Yeah. The Nexus 9s in this film, one of them who is K, yeah. who is continuously tested to prove that he is still right where he should be. Yeah, it was baseline, whatever that means. Baseline. Well, they're basically seeing our, all his emotional responses where they're supposed to be. Yeah. Are, we, are we still in control? Yeah. Um, it literally takes him confronting one of the memories that's been implanted in his head, which also ends up being a major plot point, uh, to him to start... He lies to his boss. The first thing he does is he's like, oh, did you take care of everything? Yes, <laughs> I found the child and I destroyed. Yeah, I destroyed it. Yeah, yeah, every part of it. It is totally gone. Boy, that is one destroyed child. You have never seen a child as destroyed as this one. Oh boy! And sure she is. buys it. I know. <laughs> and then, Fembot. Yeah. Uh, love. Oh, yeah, love. Now here's the thing. I guess she didn't actually disobey, but apparently. Obey, like, you don't take that to its logical conclusion, because you can tell a fembot, it's like, uh, could you go murder people? Oh, yeah, okay. And she does. Yeah. Yeah, there are no three laws here. No. Yeah. Uh, you know, well, they're not robots, so... No. And, no. and the thing is, is the three laws, the, the three laws of robotics, which we talked about in an earlier uh, episode, yeah. which were uh, come upon by, or not come upon, they were written by Isaac Asimov for his yeah. robot series, um, which are great. And really, honestly, people who make robots should follow them. But yeah, they're not I laws. hope they're putting that in a Roomba. <laughs> I want to know we, that my Roomba cannot harm or through an action allow harm to come to a human. Well, really, you realize that the word human in that case has been uh, scratched out and the word cat has been in crayon. Because <laughs> every video yeah, I've seen yeah. of a Roomba, there's a cat on it. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, so uh, you know you can just tell it to do whatever it want, whatever you want, and they'll go do it. Um, so I guess that makes them safe. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, it um, does seem like wow. So how is that safe that you basically have walking murder tools that you could just go order them to kill people? And I know who. So I assume that you have to buy one, right? Like if I, you want a replicant. You don't make them if somebody doesn't want to buy them. Like that, obviously, yeah, Wallace makes can, money. But we never see any evidence that people like private citizens could buy them. No, the we police see them wandering have them, around. The military have them. <laughs> yeah. So it's, I, I don't under, like, and it's I, apparently clear. Wallace is more interested in doing the off-world colonization thing. So they go out and they do all the dirty jobs. I guess they, they go out and do that show, Dirty Jobs. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name who, who did that, but they make robot guys of him. Um, and then they make, I guess, National Guard bots that take over uprisings or but whatever. they apparently still make pleasure bots. They make no, pleasure they models. They certainly do. So they've got a lot of sex robot, uh, sex replicants out there. 
That's the other thing. I really wish they had just... It's one very minor point that they could have dealt with with, like, one line. I, how, I would like to have been convinced that it is easier to have replicants self-reproduce than it is to make them. Because if they self-reproduce, it takes that's nine months. Right. Does it really take nine months to make one of them? We don't know. It could. Maybe it takes a year. They don't tell us. If they just, one little, I want, you know, I'd be nice if we could get them in nine months instead of uh, oh, 12 months or whatever. I, I mean, I guess all you have to do is feed them, right? It's not like you have to actually have the machines running or, or I, I don't know. Yeah, and apparently <laughs> replicants have birth trauma. I don't know why. We see one replicant being born, you know, dropping oh. out of the amniotic sac. Yeah. And it's a tr it's traumatic and it's horrible and she's like you know whimpering and crawling on the floor which is kind of unsettling scene. Well, for a number of reasons. Yeah, but I thought like, she was just cold. <laughs> you could tell that poor actor was so cold. She really was very cold. And that's what gets me. It's like, "Oh, it's so hard to make these things and I'm going to murder this one just to make a point." Because I'm Jared Leto this... and I'm acting, acting. <laughs> so I'm Jared Leto and I'm trying out my Joker character already. Ugh, yuck. I, yeah, I, I, I want nothing more to do with him. Um, uh, because you brought up that particular woman character, I would like to take our usual little side trip into the uh, rating scale of misogyny in this film. I'm going to say it's at a 10. Uh, yeah, it really is. All of the women in here, they're either, I don't know, sex objects for the men, uh, tools like assassins, or they're killed. I want to say there's two, literally two female characters in this film that you could argue are not subservient to a man. And one of them is Lieutenant Joshi. Sure. She probably has a superior, but we never see it, so we right. can't automatically assume. And the other is the leader of the, um, the one-eyed leader of the yeah. replicant squad, yeah. who is <laughs> now currently, yeah, well, the kick squad. Or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she is now apparently the leader. She's on screen for 30 seconds, and that's it. And Does the, she even get a name? No. I didn't or think maybe so. maybe she does. I don't no, know. No, she doesn't. Credits. I don't remember getting a Yeah, but she, no one says it. <laughs> Fembot number five. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's my yeah, favorite it's, fragrance. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sorry, the whole relation... That one of the subplots, and I use the term loosely, is that Agent K... I'm sorry, K... <laughs> Agent J... I make Agent this look K, good. Yeah. But K is in love with this virtual companion her yeah it yeah that's <laughs> the parallels between this and the movie her which we talked about a while back uh you know with scarlett johansson and joaquin phoenix uh, are pretty strong even to the point where um joy the uh siri clone actually gets a female a human or a replicant surrogate to uh have sex with uh K, okay. or as she calls him, Joe. Right. Uh, and all I kept thinking is, this is right out of her. Except, in that movie, Joaquin Phoenix's reaction is a lot more realistic. He's yeah. like, no, that's not you. This is creepy. Yeah, and it was creepy. Although, we, I also did think the scene itself, the way it was shot, was very interesting. Visually, it's very interesting. And it did make me think. I also would like to point out that there is a joy, but there is no boy. We never see the idea of a male uh, AI. Yeah. Yeah. There uh, are. And there are literally, this movie is littered with naked women. 
everywhere. Like Max was talking earlier, the newly born replicant has to be a naked woman. We go to Los Angeles. For some reason, the entire landscape is littered with giant statues of oh, naked you mean women. Las Vegas. That's what I said. Las no, you said Las, you said Los Angeles. Oh, Las Vegas, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Las this, Las that. It's our, Las it's our Vegas, Las. Las Vegas. What's this Las Vegas? Um, basically, if anybody's going to remove a piece of clothing, it's going to be all of it, and it's going to be a young woman. Even if it's in a, we see this giant 10-story ad for Joy later, wearing a different wig, and it has to be nude, because it has to be nude for whatever. Um, but yeah, so she she has what we what is meant to be a real young lady come up and pose as her while she uh, what I, holographically is interposed over her, and they have sex. Mm. Um, we don't actually see the sex, which is fine. We don't need to. Yeah. And there is some interesting questions to be asked in the relationship between Joy and Joe, if we want to go yeah. that route. Because here we have a manufactured human who is forming his closest bond with an artificial intelligence. And the interesting part is that the artificial intelligence, in a way, has more resources to become truly, quote-unquote, human than K does. Because K is literally designed not to ever do that, supposedly. Although he proves that that's obviously not going to work either. Um, I, the questions, though, that that brings up about Joy are huge, because it's it's obvious that she is evolving in the short span we actually see her. Yeah, She goes from being a subscription service uh, companion to having her own personality and asking her asking him to free her uh, so she could live in a ballpoint pen for <laughs> yeah you know reasons um, for and stuff don't forget those but it's the thing i find interesting is that the ai in this uh film without a body is more human than the artificial ones that do well that was some of the uh, point that was sort of the theme of the first movie is that some of the uh the replicants, the uh, Nexus 6s, showed more emotion and appeared to be, in effect, more alive than uh, Harrison Ford's character. Which, and the, the interesting part about that is that Harrison Ford, and he even says this about Rachel, how can it not know what it is? And it turns out Harrison Ford doesn't know what he is yeah. either. And I so then the line between not human and human gets even fuzzier. Because if you believe you're human and you're not, and you don't know you're not, where is and that's that's where things get interesting, but they don't really do much with it. The whole relationship with Joy, though, is ultimately very tragic because, as we see later, you know, yes, yeah, she seems to fall in love with him. She knows exactly what to say to him and how to make him happy. That's what she's designed to do, right? And you really wonder: was she in love with him, or was that just a simulation? Was that because, according to her, what what is it that the ad is? Everything you want to hear, everything you want to see. Yeah, and it's kind of sad. By the way, big props to the actress who plays Kay, as uh, plays Joy, Anna Anna de Armas. Talk about someone with range. Do you know where else we've seen her? Because I think you saw this. Knives Out. She oh, was yeah? she was Marta. Oh, okay. She, yeah, she's the lead in uh, Knives Out. Very different character. Yeah, and it's nice to see that you know people do have range. Again, Robin Wright, I really like. Uh, if you want like a strong woman character, uh, please put her on your list because yeah. she's great. And I don't she's think she a gets badass in this movie. And she, she is. She was one. She was really interesting, and we don't get to see anything. Could she? Her. There's a scene, and it's sad that it's just the one scene. Considering we spend two hours and forty four other minutes not having this scene, where she it's after Kay has has given her his report that everything's fine, situation normal, war <laughs> fine here. How are you? <laughs> 
and she comes to his apartment because uh, he's actually his he's off the charts. His his uh, levels are no longer steady, and she asks for his badge and his gun. But then she goes to his apartment and she says, "Look, I won't say anything for twenty four hours, but you get I get out of here. After that, I can't hold him back." And yeah. there's this moment where it looks like she actually has sympathy for him. Yeah, and she's and, and the way she looks at him, it's just a look. But the way she looks at him is that she's considering is he humoring or not. Yeah, and one of the points I I had for this film is that there's not enough humans in this movie. There's almost none. We get Joshi, we know is human, or at least we're, yeah, we have to assume is human. Yeah. There's a technician who we don't know one way or the other until he says he is, and he gets killed anyway. That's Coco. <laughs> that was his name. Coco. <laughs> I know. He is going to live for. Yeah. Oh, uh, maybe not. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to think who else. There's almost a Wallace technically is human, although he is the least human character in the whole film, because of course we have to deal with Jared Leto and his. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's we, a, mm-hmm. The whole point is that we're supposed to have this question and have that question. We need contrast. We don't have enough contrast. We don't have enough interaction between the quote unquote fake people and the quote unquote real people. And we're told, too, this is the sad part we're told there will be an uprising and a war when humans find out that replicants, and it's like, will, will there? Yeah, but we don't know. We don't see it. And so, they don't really make it, and they don't make a convincing case for it. No, and that's the shame because there are little hints and nuances, and the actors I think are trying. That whole um, baseline, that the whole yeah. repeating thing. Apparently, that was actually Ryan Gosling's idea. Yeah, I read that. It was an, using an acting technique. Yeah, they and it's like drop in. Yeah, and I actually, well, I didn't quite understand what they were doing. It did add making him do it and want and us watching him go through it dehumanized him to us in the eyes of the other humans in the film. So that was a nice way of showing it without saying, uh, this is to prove that he's a replicant and why we can't, you know, not a real person. Um, it's like they didn't, they didn't trust in the, they didn't trust in the audience and they didn't trust in the details. Blade Runner, when they didn't have the overdub, yeah. trusted <laughs> in the audience and they said, hey, we're not going to hand feed you this and you're going to have to think, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have a couple more questions that I would like to get to, our little talking questions. Let's do do the, the ones that we're doing for all sure. entrants in the series. Does this sequel feel like a natural continuation of the original movie's story? Uh, kinda? Yeah. I'm not sure. It Again, it, it, main, it maintains a lot of the same feeling. It's chronol- It works chronologically, sort of. Uh, I guess it does. I just, yeah. it isn't a movie to me that cried out for a sequel. No. So this feels a little bit more shoehorned. But yeah. for what it is, I think they did an okay job of making it seem like a natural progression. What did you think? About the same. Um, I guess the problem I have is it doesn't really continue anything. Like, we, if the overall arcing story of Blade Runner is the idea of trying to decide what that line is of being human and not being human. Of course, the interesting thing these days is that we're moving more towards the Borg, right? Because people are starting to get things like implants, you know, and some of them are great. Things like cochlear implants for people who've never been able to hear before are actually now able to hear something. Um, people who would talk about Google Glass, I know that came and went, but let's face it, that's they're, going to be a thing. They're making the real progress on artificial eyes. Right. 
Um, but the idea of having stuff that makes it easier for us to interact with data and interact with stuff around us electronically is a thing, and it's going to be a thing. So at what point is that no longer a human? And in this case, we made this human. How is How can we say that it's not? And that question, I don't think they get any closer to answering. No. I think we're supposed to side with the replicants, poor old replicants, you know, being used as a slave race, which, sure. Yeah. But that could apply to anybody. I mean, we see child slavery in this movie with Mr. Cotton. And <laughs> I don't know why that sequence is in there. I don't either. It's like, okay, so people have kids they don't want. I don't know who these people are because they left. Yeah. But then the kids somehow make it, what is it, three, four hundred miles out to the middle of nowhere? Or they're dragged out there. We don't know. They end up out there somehow and they're... I don't know, working for Apple, putting together iPhones <laughs> that, or something. That it's hard mean. to tell. <laughs> that was me. Sorry, sorry. And, and Kay, apparently, uh, he goes out there uh, to find out about this child, which may have been dumped in one of these these uh, orphanages. And he's like, uh, I need to see your records. And I'm like, why would illegal Fagan keep records? Yeah. And in a book. Yes. Yeah, yeah, which means they survived the blackout. But yes, why would you keep records? Uh, yes, oh, here, no, I'm the going pages to have been torn out. Uh, I am going to document all my crimes against humanity here. Yeah. Yeah, that's baffling. Although, again, nice per nice performance by Mr. Cotton. There are some really good performances by some of the little actors with the tiny parts. You know who I liked? Doc Badger. Remember him? No, of no. course not! Because <laughs> he was the guy when uh, uh, Kay brings his little wooden horse and he identifies the wood. Oh, right. Yeah, that actor is Barkad Adi. He was the lead in that Tom Hanks movie, Captain Phillips. He was the head pirate, Somali pirate. He's the one everyone always quotes. Look at me, look at me. I'm the captain now. He's amazing. He's got this incredible intensity about him, and he gets four lines, not in English. See, there was a black person. <laughs> no, there were two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there I was Mr. That. Cotton, the slaver, yeah. and there's the operator here. Yeah. And he was great. I was like, can, can we have more with Doc Badger? He's really cool. Yeah. Um, so it's a... I mean, if you look at them, thankfully it's not so jarring visually that it doesn't... You couldn't see the connection between the two films. I just... Like Mike said, why did we need another one? Unless you're going to do something different or new or make an attempt to answer the question or make it more interesting... I don't. I don't know why. Um, does this sequel surpass the original, and does it need to? Well, I no. I don't think it's. I think that's pretty straightforward. No, it doesn't surpass it, and it didn't need to. I well, don't think, I think it did. Uh, it should have been. Think, it should have surpassed what it did. It should have either gone off and tried to be a totally different movie, or really stepped up and tried to surpass. That's true. Yeah, because it's like with a film like that, which admittedly I know not everybody likes Blade Runner. I it's one of my top three films. Um, I think if you're like, oh, I need to make a second film, well, you better do better than that. Because if you can't, I don't want to see it. Although I've seen it now, actually, I've seen it like four or five times. Uh, I hate myself. I do. I do. <laughs> well, um, I want to talk a little bit about Doctor Staline. Okay. The uh, the memory architect, right? Who is apparently the 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 daughter of Deckard and Rachel. Spoiler! 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 <laughs> okay. Well, uh, what did you think of the character? Were you satisfied with her? Was she compelling? Interesting? She was nice. 
Um, I think uh, we'll have to assume that the girl in the plastic bubble thing is real and she's not doing it as a cover because it was in her that weird little. This is weird scene where Kay sticks his head in a moviola and he has to sit there looking at three different images of Gattaca, which is the the different um, types of. Uh, Nuclear. It would take a scientist to explain, <laughs> but basically, it's making him look like a robot yeah. when he's not. And he has to like compare all of these things until he finds, oh, there's two records from 30 years ago of two children born that are utterly the yeah. same, and they mm-hmm. shouldn't be because even twins aren't the utterly right. the same. And it says that one of them died from this this immunity uh, issue, deficiency. Which is yeah, she, yeah, which is supposedly she has. But of course, we find out that Deckard had told them how to doctor records anyway. So who knows if any of it's real? Mm. Um, I think she's put herself dangerously close to the one person that would really like to get a hold of her. Yeah, apparently um, she works see, for Wallace. Yeah, she 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 supplies memories. She makes yeah. memories. For it's only a matter of time, time before he sends Gravit after her. And a new pair of pants. Yeah. Um, the weird part is, and I've heard this used before as an explanation for things, and I have never bought it once. Um, apparently, she makes the most compelling memories because, having been in a plastic bubble all her life, she's had to imagine everything. I uh, don't buy this. I no. honestly don't think that that gives you good life experiences. I don't think you can extrapolate the world from a grain of sand. Yeah, that that, that was that's a bit off. Yeah, you can imagine a world. In a it just world, you know, yeah. in a time, in a time <laughs> but, world, in a world before time, <laughs> um, you could come up with an amazing fantasy land, but to come up with something that needs to be taken as a memory, I don't buy it. Yeah. Again, she's one of the only nice people in the movie, <laughs> and one of the few. Well, she's not. Well, is she yeah, a human? What is That's she? The thing. She's, she's is a... the product of a of two uh, created life forms. Is she? Because she has no little serial numbers anywhere. Is she human or is she not? That's a question they didn't even attempt to approach. By the way, if she really does have that kind of compromised immune system, isn't she kind of a failure as an experiment? Because, okay, does that mean all replicant children will have some sort of genetic defect? Or is this just because she actually survived that's the big deal? I guess. But I also, there was, I don't even remember why I had this as a thought, but I had a hint that for some reason she was lying about that, but it's oh. probably, I don't know why I had that. Mm. Uh, it's probably not true. Um, I will say that I do appreciate Villeneuve at the end when Kay brings Deckard to meet his daughter, because Deckard's whole part of this, because it's convenient for the guy, was once she was born to literally say, Put her somewhere that I don't know where she is. I can't ever see her because if there's a connection, yeah. they'll find her. And, and I can't be for, that way. I can't be forced to give up her uh, location. So he's literally never really met her. Yeah. Because like, Rachel died in childbirth. He had the replicants take the baby somewhere else. So she got brought up in the um, orphanage. She took the memory of finding of hiding this little wooden horse and planted it. I'm going to guess she planted it in more than one replicant. She yeah. planted it in a number of them, hoping, I guess, that someday they would bring the lightsaber back and would follow <laughs> the footsteps. Of, oh, Something whatever. like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so, so, so Kay brings Deckard to finally meet his daughter at the end. And Deckard is struggling with what to even say to her. And just as he's about to say something, the movie ends. And I actually appreciated that because that's the point. It's like, yeah... Some cases, our imagination is better than what you could actually have come up with. And to me, that's the theme of this movie. <laughs> Ouch. 
And yeah. yet, but I don't think you're wrong. Well, yeah. Also, what did you think about the sequence with Rachel? Because they, they they uncanny valley her into it. They get a body yeah. stand in, and I guess they put her. They digitized her face, uh, Sean Young's younger face, the character's yeah. face, onto her, and used her voice. I mean, the one thing I will say is it proved that uh, Wallace literally did not understand people at all. Yeah. Because he recreates... For one thing, he recreates Rachel as Deckard remembers her. Well, why would anybody want to be with the person they were 30 years ago? She has no memories of what it was like to be together, right? Because none of that would have been in... Uh, and he got um, the eye color wrong. Well, he apparently got the eye <laughs> color. That's okay, because apparently Sean Young's eyes are, in fact, brown, but the close-ups oh. when they did those things were for somebody else, and they yeah, were green. Yeah, I thought they were green in the movie. Okay. But, like, Tyrell, like, whatever memories were put into Rachel in the first place, we know some of them were his nieces. Yeah. Um, that's all she would have. Like, none of what they shared as Deckard and Rachel as a couple would have been part of that replicant. So what would possibly interest him except some sort of weird physical desire? Yeah. Like, oh, I could I could have love with this new blow-up doll that looks like Rachel. <laughs> but it's like you say, in a lot of ways, um, Wallace is the least human of the humans, even yeah. though he thinks he's God. He talks right. about his yeah. replicants as angels. He's always quote, he's misquoting or mangling biblical stuff yeah and it, it's I, incredibly pretentious pretty much every time he opens his mouth it's like okay now what you know and i just this just occurred to me what this film i said earlier that we don't have enough humans for contrast what this film really could have used is a sympathetic human besides joshi like for a moment we get that but we need characters that are willing to go of course they're people what are you crazy like, we need that to help us along and help see that this is more than just, no, they are, yes, they aren't, or whatever. <laughs> um, and we don't get that, which is a shame. Um, yeah, we, that was the thing. The difference with Terrell mm -hmm. is you get the feeling Terrell loved his replicants. He loved his creations. He really did see himself as a father. Mm -hmm. And he wanted them to do amazing things. And... Wallace is just as as a god complex. Yeah, and he's he's sort of a, a 2D villain. I mean, yeah, I guess we he's need a villain, way so less interesting. Him and his fembot. Yes, and um, his and his weird little drones that see for him, I guess. Uh, yeah, which honestly, if I was that whole system, it's like, okay, you drones, you really need to stand still. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna go throw up. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I think I'm gonna hurl. And you know, I like. To be fair, the one Villeneuve film I've seen is Arrival, and I've seen it a few times, and I really like it. And that film doesn't end in a fist fight, so why does this film have to end in a freaking yeah. fist fight? That is such the like the weak, lazy way to end conflict in any kind of film, and that's where they do it. When they did it in Blade Runner, the end wasn't the fight. The end mm. was the confrontation between Roy Batty and Rick, apparently, Deckard. Yeah. And... Finally, Batty finding a way to show, show and prove to Deckard, I have, I'm just as, as reasonable a human as you are. I am every bit as human. I have seen things. I have done things you wouldn't even be able to do. And, of course, Deckard doesn't even know he's not a human. Yeah. Um, so, yes, there's a fight, but that it's the point isn't the fight. And in this case, we have to have Fembot and we have to have a fight. And, of course, she doesn't learn. She cries when she kills Joshi for reasons I don't understand. Mm. We'll never find out. 
Um, maybe it was interesting. Maybe it wasn't. I don't know. We don't know. Um, we'll never know. Yeah. Um, I, so I'd say the focus is just sort of, I don't know, not. <laughs> but at least we get hundreds and thousands of naked women because that's oh, yeah. what we really, yeah. And we do and actually we do get bees. <laughs> Where's the flowers? Yeah. Why, what are the what are yeah. the bees? What are the bees? So, oh, yeah. Let's just say not the bees, not the yeah, bees. yeah. Because we know, I know you want to. <laughs> I so it's in my notes, all caps. <laughs> I have not the bees. <laughs> um, yeah, just I. What? Okay, whatever. But at least we also do get Elvis. Um, sorry, yes, and Marilyn Monroe. No, well, we get uh, well, sort Frank of. Sinatra. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and of course, you know, that, that whole firefight, it's like he, um, Kay runs, this is in Las Vegas, Kay runs into a theater and hides, and uh, Deckard comes out, instead of turning on the lights, he turns on Elvis. Yeah, that was a strange <laughs> that choice. sense, I guess, but yeah. Uh, I also had to ask, and it didn't occur to me the first time I thought, saw the film, but Kay has this memory of hiding the wooden horse, and he knows where it is, and he eventually finds it, and he thinks, I must be the child. Well, if you were the child, wouldn't you remember things between then and now? <laughs> <laughs> but it's like literally one memory, so whatever. Um, and uh, spoiler again, it's not Kay who's the the child of the replicants. No. It's the it's the it's girl. It's the memory. The, the memory bubble. doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I have a few other notes, but we're running out of time. Yeah. So how about you? Yeah. No. Let's sum up. Okay. The roundup. So Max. Yeah. You, did you see this when it came out? I did. I saw it opening weekend. And what did you think? At the time, I was horrendously disappointed. Okay. I thought it was terrible. Honestly, in the second viewing, I still don't think it's very good. But it mm. does, because I had such high expectations or high hopes for it, and this time, I did not. <laughs> so it was, uh, I thought, I enjoyed it a little more. I, what about you? Yeah, I know you saw it when it came out. I did, I, and I knew I was going to hate it. And that's the problem, is like if you take a beloved film and you're trying to make a sequel, and it's not the same people making it, I literally have no hope for it. So I'm, it was hate-watching. I hate-watched no. it. There was no way that film was going to be good to me. And then, like candy corn, I went and <laughs> bought the dang thing. It was on sale, and I uh. bought it. And I have seen it a couple times between then and now, and then I watched it again for this, and had kind of a similar reaction. Hmm. I don't hate it as much as I did. And I know there's some people who really like this film. Um, I think, again, it just doesn't have any focus. We spend too much time dealing with... What was my note on this? Uh, it actually was going to be a question. And the question was, is this movie expanding on the ideas of the first movie, or is it just playing with its toys? And I think it's just playing with its... Oh, we want to see the cool flying cars. Cool, we get to see the cool flying cars. Yeah, I don't we think... See they, the don't bring a lot of, they don't bring a lot new to the table. No, it's like we want those cool visuals in the nifty city and the rain and this and oh snow that's cool and we want to see a big fembot fight oh yeah we get we okay so we see all that and you don't I guess you're left left with the audience going well we think he's human because he's played by Ryan Gosling but we don't see the world make any decisions there's like there's nothing like the, the world like the whole rest of the world just goes oh yeah replicants huh. Hmm. <laughs> Like, there's nothing. There's no impact on society we see at all. If they had never gone after um, Bagger Vance, whatever it was. <laughs> Sapper Morgan. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, what would have that changed in society? 
Nothing. They would have had fewer worms, or they would have more worms, so they went after him now have less worms. Yeah. Like, literally, he has no effect on society, one way or the other. Or we don't see it, All of the prostitutes, it, yeah. who are women, of course, uh, we were supposed to assume they're real. Why? As soon as I saw them, I said, oh yeah, they're all replicants. Society, sadly, really doesn't seem to care. Like, we're told there's going to be this big, oh, if replicants can breed, oh, watch out, there's going to be a revolution. And I honestly think L.A. is just going to go, huh, that's <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. So, I, I wish there had been actual dealing with that question. Mm. Because it's a really interesting question. And it is rich with fodder for stories and contemplation and Star Wars again the fucking droids <laughs> um, but we don't see it here and I, I hope they don't do Blade Runner 2050 I don't care um, and Harrison Ford please say no just once say no no well, of course you are still alive so <laughs> But that's this week. Before we go on to next week, we have a little business I'd like to take care of, if I may. No. So, what, what was that? Previous episodes? <laughs> Heck yeah! We have over 130 of them, and you can find them all for free. All free today <laughs> on our website, MaxMikeMovies.com. Or you can send us nineteen ninety five for each additional episode. Uh, or you can send us nineteen ninety five. Shut uh, up! <laughs> They're not hit that the donate dumb. hit the donate button that I'm going to add someday. I respect our audience, no matter what you do. <laughs> now, if you would like to send us comments, suggestions, ideas for a series, or hey, rebuttal, cool, email us directly at us at maxmikemovies.com. Or if you want to, you can leave comments on that website under the specific episode. Would you like to follow us on international social media? Yes, you would. You would, you would, you would. You can find us on Twitter, and you can find us on Facebook under Max Mike Movies. And would you also like to listen to us on your favorite podcast app? Why, yes, you would. Would, would, would. You would like to follow us on Google or Apple or Spotify? Or yep, on that we're one? on Spotify. Spotify and iHeartRadio and places, again, that we probably don't even know. But... As is always the case, there will be a next week. Next week, Max, what will we be doing? We will be diving into the deep heart of Gotham. We shall we shall be becoming the night. Because we are the pot we're not the podcast that you need. We're the podcast you deserve. It's complicated. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> it would take a scientist to explain it. Yeah, we're going to be checking out the second in the Chris Nolan trilogy of, of Batman. We're going to be checking out Batman. The, the Dark Knight. And why? Because we're Max Mike Movies. This has been a co-production of The Voice of Max and the movie wrench.